No one ever saw this coming, but here we are, bonded forever by the same ex-husband. Once arch enemies and now partners in crime, we journey to the edge of sanity to uncover the dark truth about our ex-husband. My name is Athena. And I'm Amber. And we are the creators of Ex-Wives Undercover. This podcast is based on real-life events that are portrayed to the best of Athena and Amber's memory and also backed by court records and other factual evidence. While all the stories in the podcast are true, some names and identifying details have been changed to protect the privacy of the people involved. Season 1, Episode 5, A Darkness Within, Part 1 My period was like clockwork. I was never even one day late. The interesting thing is that Shane and I tried for over a year to get pregnant and never could. I was absolutely shocked this was even happening. I immediately told Ben and we were both speechless for a few days. I tried to discuss the pregnancy and our options every evening for about a week, but he would just blow me off. I started to see a side of him that made me feel extremely nervous. If this is the way that he was going to react when life's surprises hit us, then I definitely had to reconsider him even being my partner after this. The following week, Ben started to come around and was actually participating in the conversations. We spoke about our options and knew that if I chose to abort the baby, I would need to wait until I was at least four to six weeks along. And you hadn't no. made any decisions Mm-mm. yet. Oh, wait. Correct? No, I did. I had. I'd made the decision to keep. Oh, okay. Okay. He and said he did, was on was board. He on board? But I don't think he really was. I think he just said, fine, well, if that's what you're going to do, I'll obviously have to back you. I don't think that I'm scared, but he's like, I obviously have no choice. (laughs) Right around four to five weeks, Ben suddenly changed his tune and was extremely affectionate. Lexus was with Shane that weekend, so we had the house to ourselves. And after an evening of flirting and making out downstairs, we made our way upstairs to our bedroom. Ben and I were quickly undressing each other and I couldn't help but notice a side to him I'd never seen before. Before I knew it, Ben was tossing me on the bed and was being a little rougher than usual. At first, I was intrigued by his dominance, but soon after, I started to feel like my boyfriend had an ulterior motive for initiating this romantic encounter. Ben became more and more aggressive as we had sex. It started to become less enjoyable and more and more painful. After he finished pounding away on me aggressively, I got up and I saw the bed sheets were covered in blood. I was having a miscarriage. Slamming me against the wall, kissing me, throwing me on the bed. And that's not normal. Boring. Boring. For me, at least. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. So I think the listeners need to know that, like, that, like, that's not his normal in the bedroom behavior. He's like, yeah. He's pretty He's pretty vanilla. Vanilla. Just vanilla. You know? Yeah. So like this whole like out of the blue was very surprising kind of. Yes. That's and we all have talked about him like he's well endowed. And so he can't be super crazy rough that way either. I knew this was not normal. He was he was up to no good there. It was like he was angry. It was like angry sex and started feeling painful, started feeling all wrong. And I knew he And his mind was up to no good. And so by the time we were done, there's blood all over the bed and all over us. And I'm having a miscarriage. And 
whatever it is that led up to that, that's just the timing. That's what happened. This had never happened to me. I was so scared and I wasn't sure what to do. I called the nurse and she walked me through what would happen over the next few days. She also asked if anything significant had happened leading up to the miscarriage. I didn't tell her, but I knew that Ben went out of his way to make this happen. I became increasingly emotional and angry, so I confronted Ben a few days later. I told him I knew what he had done. Of course, Ben denied it. I knew what he was doing and I'm like, stop, stop. And he finally does and, you know, lights on and see the blood everywhere. And I'm just like, you motherfucker, like you knew exactly what the fuck you were doing. You did. You knew what you were doing. He doesn't really deny it. He doesn't say like, no, I didn't. What are you talking about? But I would start crying because I was scared. I'm like losing this baby. And even though it was scary that I got pregnant, it wasn't planned. Like you still have an idea of this baby that could be. And yeah. so it, the whole thing was yeah. just sad. And the fact that like, I'm with a guy that would do that, or at least think he was trying to do that. I know he was, I know he was, I know it. I know what my gut he was. There was blood, it bled through everywhere, all over the mattress. So he didn't no. even help. <laughs> he just like he was just like take care of business. Oh, he's like, are you kidding me, Athena? Are you kidding me? I'm going downstairs. I can't believe you're saying that. Like his feelings were hurt, right? I think could this guy have done something like that? Over the next few weeks, Ben was sweet, kind, and doting. I realized that maybe I was just hormonal from the pregnancy, and maybe I was just reading into things. Our lives went right back to our normal routine fairly quickly. I thankfully had no complications whatsoever after the miscarriage. The following month, I went to my doctor's office for a checkup visit after the miscarriage. I almost passed out when they told me I was pregnant again. How could this even happen? I hadn't even gotten a period since losing the baby. This was terrible news. I was afraid for Ben to find out. We were both guilty of not using protection and the responsibility and consequences were equally on both of us, but I was in complete shock. I decided to go home and keep the baby news to myself for a bit longer. My emotions were spinning out of control and I couldn't seem to think clearly enough to think this through on my own. I decided to call my mom on my drive back home from the doctors. No matter what I was going through and no matter how embarrassing, hurtful or scary, I knew I could always tell my mom anything and that she would let me ramble on and on until we made sense of it all. She would always reassure me that God did not give me things that I couldn't handle. My mother did not believe in abortion, but she loved me and she would always stand by me no matter what decision I made. I absolutely respected and adored my mother for that. Do you know you're pregnant again? I'm like, are you sure? Like I just didn't have a miscarriage the first time. He's like, no, this is a new pregnancy. And so I was so devastated so shocked and scared fuck i didn't know what to do i did not want to have a child with him really no so after that you were just like i had but, him but at arm's did length you not want to be with him at all i i didn't know i was numb and my hormones were still so out of whack that i promised myself i would just give myself two or three months to level out and make a good decision because i was just emotional and the hormones make you even more so as you know i didn't want to tell him because i was afraid he would try to do something or to sabotage me who knows maybe push me down the stairs fuck Jeez. i had no idea and so i didn't want to believe that he could have done something like that but i got into mama protective mode 
when I became found out I was pregnant again. This was the last thing I wanted, but maybe this happened for a reason. Maybe I'm supposed to be pregnant again. I don't know, but I wasn't going to have an abortion. There was no reason to justify something like that. Called my mom on my drive home. You know, I told her everything as I always do. She always told me like, babies are gifts from God and God never gives you any more than you can handle, sweetie. Like I'm here for you. And that's the best thing about my mom. Like she will let me fucking ramble on and on till I, until we can make, my mom. yeah, until we can make sense of things. And then I'm always like, oh shit, mom, how are you? I'm sorry, mom. Like, <laughs> Enough about me. How are you? I'm the worst. But my life's always such a shit show. And she it knows. Reminds me of yeah. my mom a lot, actually. Really? I met her. Yeah. Cute. Very similar. We, we got lucky. We did get lucky. Yeah. I have always had a hard time keeping my mouth shut when emotionally involved in a situation. This time, however, felt different. I couldn't help but feel like Ben made me miscarry on purpose. I felt it deep to my core. I couldn't ignore this feeling I had and my motherly instincts had kicked into high gear to protect this baby from him. After I discovered Ben's steroid abuse, I gave him an ultimatum to get off them or that I would leave him. He agreed to get clean. Thankfully, that meant that Ben's libido would plummet after he had removed the synthetic testosterone from his body. Ben's sex drive and energy level decreased within a few weeks of stopping the steroids, and he remained that way for a few months. That made avoiding sex with him even easier. After a few weeks had passed, I sat Ben down and I told him about the pregnancy. I explained how I'd never even gotten a period in between the pregnancies and how completely shocked I was when I found out in my follow-up appointment. Ben reacted much differently this time. I wondered if watching me go through the emotional pain of the last miscarriage changed him. He started grinning like he was happily surprised but also shocked. This time, our conversation was calm and we actually laughed at how fertile we both must obviously be. He was smiling and he made me start laughing and he, you know, was just like, fuck, okay. Like, I'm guessing you want to keep this baby. I'm like, yep, I'm keeping this baby. I'm not having sex with you. I told him straight up. And I was like, I've been avoiding it, but it has been very hard because clearly he has no libido at the moment. So that was easy. I don't think he had the energy to fight with me about it. I wonder. So he was nice and we just moved forward. Before we knew it, football season had arrived. Thankfully, Ben and I were both very into football and we loved to go to our friends' homes to watch the games or have people over. But on this Sunday, we decided to go to one of Ben's friends' homes. They were a great couple and they had a daughter Lexi's age, so it was always fun to get together with them. As halftime was approaching, I started feeling unwell. I felt feverish and nauseous. Within minutes, I started feeling severe cramping. My face was ghost white and Ben could tell something was wrong with me. I told him that I suddenly felt awful and that we needed to go home. He didn't hesitate. Ben quickly rounded up Lexus, grabbed our things, and helped me out to the car. By the time we arrived home, I could feel the blood soaking through my pants. I started to cry. I could not believe this was happening to me again. I was having another miscarriage, but this time my body was in full delivery mode and the contractions were breathtakingly painful. I changed out of my clothes, showered quickly and got into my pajamas. I was having a hard time even standing there. Ben helped me downstairs and I laid down on the couch with pillows and blankets. I called the nurse and she told me I could take Tylenol for the pain. Tylenol didn't even touch the pain I was going through. After about 30 minutes after I had gotten situated on the couch, Ben walked over to me. 
As he knelt down next to me, I felt thankful that he was there to help me get through this. But instead of kind and loving words, Ben told me he was headed off to the gym to get his workout in. I could not believe that he would leave me alone while I was losing our baby. I was in excruciating pain, running a low-grade fever, and I was trying to not let Lexus know what was even happening. The rage within me spread throughout my body instantly. The feeling of hatred for this man overwhelmed me. The coldness and the lack of emotion from Ben had me questioning once again who this man truly was. After suffering alone for four hours, my body finally expelled the tiny fetus and the contractions immediately died off. Ben had sent a text two hours after he had left to let me know that he was going to stay and play basketball for another two hours. I never responded to him. All I could think about was that he was dead to me. There was a darkness to that. Had you started to tell people at that point that you're pregnant and like looking forward to it and thought about baby names or even gotten to that point? My mom knew, my sister knew, and probably some of my closest friends or clients probably because I'm so close with them. But I, after the first miscarriage, I did not ever again, even after I've had three more children (laughs) that have survived, I the entire time could never fully be excited. I always felt like I was going to lose them every pregnancy after the two miscarriages. Like you just never know people lose babies Mm -hmm. in delivery. So no, I would wait forever even to name the babies and I would not feel happy or excited or anything until I delivered the baby. Safely delivered. (laughs) Yeah. Which I wish that wasn't the case, but that's traumatic. Like your body does it to protect itself. I'm sure. You know, I think that's the, the part like where you start growing an animosity towards Ben. Yes. I can see that could be a, a turning point for you. Yeah. Because I know my turning point where like I just started growing more hateful towards him. Yeah. Oh, like, he was dead care. to me. Like I just, and then that I thought, moment. God, I just started hating him and hating him and hating him more. I'm like, why did I keep pushing to get married and pushing to have babies and pushing to get a house? That definitely took a piece of me. I don't think I ever fell in people? love with him anymore after that. Like yeah. that, our loves. Stunted everything. The following day after the miscarriage, I went into the doctor to check the status of the miscarriage and to make sure I had no other complications. I didn't tell Ben I was going because I didn't want him coming with me. Quite frankly, I didn't want him anywhere near me. As I grabbed my things and I walked out the front door, Ben quickly followed me outside to ask where I was going. I ignored him. He opened the door to my passenger car door and got right in. He told me he was sorry for the 100th time. Ben's excuse for leaving me was that he couldn't stand to watch me suffer and not be able to do anything about it, so he had to get out of there. Ben goes on to explain that he was really upset and emotional about us losing the baby and that that was his way of coping. To work out was just a stress relief for him. I don't know if I bought it. I was still angry with him and I thought it was bullshit. I felt numb inside and I didn't say anything back to him. I backed down the driveway and drove to my doctor's appointment. There were no parking spots available, so I parked at a nearby office building. We walked together in silence and made our way to the medical office. I felt nervous and anxious about being late. This was my first visit to this office, and I hoped I would find it okay. We finally arrive, and I check in two minutes late. The receptionist scolds me very loudly so that everyone in the lobby hears her. The way she spoke to me was shocking. This woman didn't even bother to even lift her head and look at me while she was talking shit to me. 
She then tells me that she will see if the doctor will even see me anymore, but she thinks it's highly doubtful and that I needed to go sit down. My heart starts fluttering. I feel like I can't breathe. I think I'm going to pass out. I feel this sense of rage and I start tearing up. Suddenly, I'm shouting at her just as loudly as she did to me so that everyone else could hear what I had to say as well. I apologize for being two minutes late, miss. I'm sorry you feel so put out. I, however, have been bleeding all day and night and just lost my baby. I start sobbing and I can't even catch my breath. Ben escorts me to an empty chair in the lobby. My vision gets blurry and I start seeing black spots. Those black spots suddenly join forces and create a wall of blackness. I can't breathe, Ben. Ben yells at the receptionist to grab a doctor or a nurse. Both a female doctor and her nurse come out to the lobby immediately. The two women escort me to a private room and they have me lay down on my back with my knees up. The doctor has me slow down my breathing with long, slow breaths. The nurse comes back in with a bottle of water and has me drink some. After 20 minutes, my heart rate and blood pressure start to lower back to a safe number. The doctor explains to me that I was having an anxiety attack. She tells me that when becoming pregnant, our hormone levels shoot through the roof, which create emotional changes temporarily until our body gets used to it, and then it balances back out. The doctor goes on to explain that after having a baby or losing a baby, the hormones plummet and the same thing happens again for another two to four months. Then the doctor tells me that because I lost two pregnancies back to back, she believed my hormones were completely out of whack. She tells me she thinks it's best that I go on an anti-anxiety medication while my hormones regulate back to normal. I was instructed to take the medication for three to four months and that they would help me feel like myself again and allow me to handle the usual day-to-day -day stressors. The doctor was right. After a few minor side effects initially, the medication did help me cope with everything going on. I became a bit distanced from reality. Nothing seemed too daunting or overwhelming to deal with while on the meds. My anger towards Ben was fading and my plans to kick Ben out didn't seem as urgent anymore. It was as if I was floating through life, not caring too much about anything. It's probably what I needed to cope with what was going on in my life at that time. Although looking back, I can honestly say that I believe if I had not taken those meds, I would have probably threw all of Ben's belongings into the street, set them on fire and kicked his ass to the curb. But nope, I was just chilling for now. Do you find it's like crazy. the beginning of the end for you guys? Um, yes. Yeah, or I do, which is crazy. Yeah, it should have been. had three more. Let's see, how many more years after that? That wasn't even quite a year you had been together. By the time spring had rolled around, my meds were in full effect. I started looking at real estate listings again. I was still excited about the adventure of house hunting. Ben had gone over the top to be loving and supportive after the second miscarriage. Deep down, I felt uncertain about our future, but the meds seemed to distract me from thinking too deeply about it all. As I sat at my desk in the office to research homes for sale nearby, an email notification popped onto my computer screen. I thought it was odd because the sender said anonymous. I clicked on the message and for the first time in a long time, I felt my chest get tight and my adrenaline start to create butterflies in my stomach. This was how I felt when I found the steroids. The email starts off by telling me that she is writing to me anonymously because she feels like I have the right to know some important information regarding Ben. I can hear my heart beating harder and louder. I continue reading. The email goes on to explain that a woman named Daisy had recently given birth to a baby girl she named Opal. The baby girl's father is Ben. 
Attached to the email was a picture of Opal. She looked like she was one to two months old of fat. She looked identical to Ben. My head was spinning as I tried to do the math to figure out the timeline for conception of this baby. Did Ben cheat on me? Was he in another relationship this entire time? I had no idea what direction to go with this. At the bottom of the email was Daisy's first and last name. The anonymous sender said she included the information if I wanted to look Daisy up and confirm that what she was telling me was actually the truth. I responded to the email, but it bounced back. This person wanted me to know, but clearly did not want to be involved whatsoever. To this day, I still have no clue who sent me that email. And now, your red flag, not so fun fact. In this episode, what Ben did to Athena to purposefully cause a miscarriage is considered intimate partner sexual violence. He also used gaslighting to make her believe he didn't do what he did. Intimate partner sexual violence can be confusing, particularly if we feel we are in love with that person. We can often try to justify things to ourselves afterwards or even blame ourselves. As with all forms of domestic violence, sexual abuse is about power and control. Next time on Ex-Wives Undercover. I knew if I wanted the real story, I would need to come up with a game plan. And that's exactly what I did. I decided to play the player. I embodied the narcissist in Ben, and I strategized a conversation that would allow me to get the closest thing to the truth. And then that's when he let it slip. He was like, I knew, I mean, she looks just like me. (laughs) Of course she's mine. And once again, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review and make sure to join our private Facebook group for even more juicy info. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And of course, you can always visit our site at www.xwivesundercover.com.